introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he pitches it to Mo Williams. Touchdown! You gotta be kidding me! And welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And we made it. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. The regular season is upon us. The Vikings will be playing a real game this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. And we're going to talk about it. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's hop right to it. Miles. My man, kickboxer, what how up? you doing? How you been? <laughs> I'm good. I'm just tired. It's late. Oh. So, I mean, like, so can, can you tell us a little bit about this kickboxing, though? Like, you in there, like, you sparring, like, you got the headgear, mouth no, guard, no, all that kind of no, stuff? No, it's like, not like that. It's just like, it's kind of just like those classes you take, you, you hit a punching bag, you do a circuit work and stuff like that. Uh, it's just a nice way to get a workout in without having to always just, like, go to the gym and lift weights. I feel you. So you're gonna work up towards maybe like you know mixing it up with somebody. Oh no, I no no need for that. <laughs> never, never. Okay, I don't know because you know wide receivers been fighting people in the news today. I just wasn't sure if you were training for something, <laughs> if you were getting ready or. If I'm that, getting ready that, in case, right? Just in case, just in case your boss miles off. You ready? You like all the way ready? <laughs> I gotta slap somebody or something. Yeah, all the way ready, and my man, Saxy Prince. Good to have you back, man. How you doing? I'm doing okay, well. maybe we don't have him. Oh, he is there. You're there. You're a little soft, but you're here. I'm here. I'm here. You know I'm always there. Good stuff, man. Well, we are glad to have you, and we are going to hop right into this thing. We did an episode last night with, uh, with DW from the Falcoholic, and he came through, had some points, had some things that he brought up about the Falcons, the team, this matchup. And so we want to talk about them a little bit today as we do, I guess, our Viking-centric preview of this game. And so as we started talking, we got into things a little bit. Yinka, I'll start with you on this one because I know this was a question that you had kind of going into it. Um, you were you were wondering if, you know, as Falcons fans, they would be concerned about Xavier Road shadowing Julio, Xavier potentially shutting Julio down, and what that would do. And And, and DW said very plainly, even if you know, Xavier Rhodes takes Julio Jones out of the game or the uh, the Vikings, you know, commit extra defenders to help Julio. It would just really open things up for the rest of the team. And just as that, we lose Yinka on Yinka's question. So, Miles, I guess it's your question. I'm now. here. I'm still here. Uh, Keep going. Oh, you're still here. you go? You're like, we thought we lost you there for a second. Uh, and he basically said that they're not as concerned this year because they have Calvin Ridley. They got Austin Hooper. And uh, they just feel more confident about the other weapons that they have on the team and those weapons' um, ability to hurt us in this matchup. So when you hear that, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? I guess when I hear that, I you know, as as people who have to be, you know, either be excited about the team, you know, they're going to say, you know what, it's fine that we don't have Julio Jones in the game because we have all these other weapons, which, you know, is sometimes the case for certain teams, you know, with... Uh, <clears throat> with the Vikings, for instance, if you do try to take away Stephon Diggs, I mean, we've learned that, you know, Adam Thielen is going to hurt you or vice versa. But I, I don't know if that's going to be the case for this. I think the Falcons still 
heavily rely on Julio Jones to be a playmaker for them. And that's not to say that they can't move the ball. I just think the efficiency in which they move the ball goes down quite a bit because he is their primary target. And he is a guy that can kind of change the flow of the game. So if he's taken out of the game, I I, I just don't know if it's the same uh, matchup that you you would see where maybe the the Falcons have a little bit of an advantage just having a guy like that. But um, you can't discount that Calvin Ridley could could step in. You they have other they have other weapons on the the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I I just don't think that they'll be fine just having Julio Jones being taken away. And Miles, I guess same question to you. Are you worried about the weapons uh for Atlanta that aren't named Julio Jones? No, I I'm I'm not. I think they have actually some of the best weapons in the league. So I think uh um they match up pretty well against us. I think obviously the whole the whole goal is to take away Julio. Um, uh, but I think the the matchup I worry about more, if I'm being honest, is the Trey Waynes versus Calvin Ridley matchup. Um, I just worry a little bit about uh, Ridley giving him double moves and uh, pretty much breaking him off, breaking him down um, with his footwork because we know that one thing Trey Waynes doesn't have is fluid hips. Obviously, he's one of the fastest straight line uh, players in the game, but uh, in terms of uh, some of the wiggle and stuff like that, that's where I always worry uh, with some with some of the route runners that are uh, at the level of like a Calvin Ridley. So uh, that's the matchup I'm a little bit worried about just because I think Ridley has a chance to take that next step, um, and then I like I like Sanu as their third option in the slot. He's a he's a I think he's an underrated receiver in in general, uh, but at the same time uh, I think he's a got a good matchup against a shorter Mackenzie Alexander, and then Austin Hooper. Uh, I think he's a a pretty solid tight end too. Okay, so uh, that that sounds like uh, maybe DW was onto something then that uh, that we should be a little bit concerned. So. You said Trey Waynes. That's the matchup you're most concerned about. You feel pretty good about how, uh, you know, I guess Austin Hooper, potentially Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr. Are there any of the other matchups that give you a little bit of pause as you think about the mat- uh, the weapons that Atlanta has across the board? Not really. I mean, I just think with Mack and Sanu, it's just the height thing. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think McKenzie's uh, fundamentally sound, and he's just a good, uh, res- uh, good cornerback where I believe he can help shut that down. Um, even if you wanted to bring in like a guy like Jaron Curse to help, if that's the case. Um, but I don't think McKenzie has asked to worry too much about it. Um, but that'd be the only other thing I'd think of is just the height, the height matchup. Uh, you kind of throw it up a little bit more to Sanu than you could uh, against a McKenzie Alexander, just because of the height difference. All right. And then one of the other things that obviously came up is the Falcons defense last year was uh, nothing too formidable. They had a lot of injuries. And that was another thing that DW called out, that they didn't just have injuries, but they had injuries to kind of their tone setters, their leaders on the defensive side of the ball, with Keanu Neal missing time, Ricardo Allen missing time, Deion Jones obviously missing time. Um, and all of those, those those players are scheduled, slated to be back, back at 100% in this game. So I guess, Miles, I'll start with you on this one. When you're thinking about this matchup going the other way now, the Vikings offense versus the Falcons defense, um, what what are you looking at in that matchup? Where are you thinking that we maybe uh, there's some things that we should be concerned about? And then if you're the Vikings, where might you be looking to exploit that Falcons defense? Yeah, so I'll start. I mean, obviously, the whole thing with this Vikings offense is you expect to see a different a change from last year. Um, we know that we we are at least we expect the Falcons to try to take away Diggs and Thielen. That's what I would do. Um, but this offense is going to be a little bit different at the same time where they're not going to be spread you out and just literally feature, not saying I agree with this, but 
it's not going to be a, we're just going to throw it 40 times a game and it's going to be basically primarily Diggs and Thielen. So if you take those guys away, we got nothing else. It's going to be a little bit different than that. There's going to be a little bit more creativity. So I think I want to see that first, though, before I just can can buy into it. Um, but in terms of matchups, like a Desmond Trufant, how does who's he going to match up against? Does he shadow anybody, or is do they? Which I, we've seen last year, um, some teams they they decide to double team one of our receivers and and leave another guy solo. I, mean, I know the Packers tried to do it a little bit too, but um, I want to kind of see that matchup. What does Desmond Desmond Trufant do? Um, <clears throat> I doubt he shadows because they play more zone, but. I'm just curious to see if there's a um, a little bit of matchup uh, situation going on there. And then um, in the slot, we talked about uh, – is it – Jason, is it DeMont, DeMonte Casey? Yeah, DeMonte Casey. Yeah, DeMonte Casey. He's a, he talked about him being uh, playing safety last year, but it sounds like he's going to be playing nickel. Uh, I'd be curious to see how, uh, how he matches up against, like, an Adam Phelan in the slot uh, just because I think uh, we obviously know Phelan can uh, – can beat almost any corner in the league. So I'm curious to see if uh, they try to exploit that a little bit because he's young and he's kind of transitioning positions a little bit. So I'll be curious to see that. Um, lastly, just their run game. Um, I, I, I'm curious. We know the Vikings want to run the ball. We know um, we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, what's that going to look like? Can we get um, some penetration? Can we get on the run, get on the move, uh, and get some and create some lanes uh, and cutback lanes for Dalvin Cook? And then lastly, um, the tight end situation. Uh, who's the guy that – I mean, we, have, we know that the Falcons have some of the fastest linebackers in the game. Uh, so that probably takes Kyle Rudolph in terms of, like, getting downfield, which we know that's not, like, his skill set. But at the same time, um, these linebackers can definitely run with him. Um, but that's why you have, like, a guy like Irv Smith. Can he help exploit some of that with a little bit more of that speed? Um, so I'll be curious to see how they use him. And see if they can try to ex- exploit some of those uh, those things and those free flowing linebackers and uh, using that play action as a way to uh, to help slow down um, those linebackers. If you want to try to pop the you know like a a quick uh, pass right behind them, something like that. I'd just be curious to see if you can get them out in the run to um, to help uh, slow them down a little bit. All right, and uh, guess we got some breaking news. The man is uh, is back from getting the twins to bed. QB1, my man. How you doing? How you been? What's going on, guys? I'm excited to be here, man. So I missed you guys. Yeah, we made it, man. We're all the way to the regular season, and we're here talking about this Falcons matchup. And, you know, you're here, so we're just going to get you right into it. Uh, a couple of the players that uh, the DW from the Falcoholic called out as uh, youthful guys or younger players who are going to be expected to step up into larger roles were Isaiah Oliver, DeMonte Casey, and uh, Jr., I'm looking for for your thoughts on on these two players. What do you know about them? What can you tell us about them? And uh, is the optimism warranted from uh, from the Falcons fan base that these players uh, are going to be able to step into larger roles and uh, and and do damage for them this season? Yeah, and Isaiah Oliver is a really good one. A guy that I actually liked out of Colorado a couple of years ago, and. I mean, they were expecting this point eventually for him to step in and be the guy opposite of Desmond Trufant, but he was a bit raw coming out and more of a longer and rangy type of corner. Now, he did play a lot of man coverage when he was at Colorado, so it's been a bit of an adjustment for him into the Falcons' primarily zone scheme, but I expect the Vikings to target him very frequently just because he is the weak link in the secondary just because of the lack of experience that he does have. And then with Casey, 
everyone knows that he is the guy that targeted Cam Newton last year on that very, very uh, disturbing hit when he was sliding to the ground. So uh, I think he's he's probably a borderline average type of nickel guy uh, throughout the league, but he's another guy that they're going to match up Adam Thielen, not Adam Thielen a lot with in the slot. So I think that may be a matchup that they can take advantage of as well. Yeah, and Miles just called out, and one of the things that um you know DW really anyone who talks about the Falcons defense talks about talks about how fast they are that they have a really fast defense. So as you start to look at this matchup with the defense that is this fast, uh, what are the things that you're going to be doing to try to exploit that speed if you're the the um the Vikings on offense? Well, you have to get creative, and that's something that you have to do with any defense. But when you have a fast flowing defense, you have to run a lot of creativity, whether that's with shifts and motions and really miss or exchanging your personnel in and out a lot. And also you have to run a lot of misdirection plays. And what I mean by misdirection is that uh, with those motions and just giving like what coaches like to call a lot of eye candy for them. So just making them think and probably take some false steps in certain ways, just because that's all Dalvin Cook needs or Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen need in order to create a crease in certain areas. So just giving them some extra eye candy, just making them think a little bit more and having them play a little bit slower than what their natural fast uh, selves really are used to or accustomed to being. So with Deion Jones, guys like that, Grady Jarrett, they have a lot of speed on their defense. Keanu Neal, this is going to be his first action since last year. So they have to incorporate a lot of play action and a lot of misdirection in order just to get those guys to play a little bit slower and make them think a little bit more. And so when you're thinking about those misdirection type plays, um, you mentioned play action. So is that going to be like, zone one way kind of Kirk rolling back the other way and looking to get someone flowing against the defense like what kind of plays uh or what would those plays look like um for for someone who maybe doesn't know as much about the game as you know as, as you like what what would we be looking for in those misdirection types of plays well just incorporating Dalvin Cook a lot in those plays just because I think he's going to have a lot of a lot of influence and that's just not on those plays he's going to he's going to be a big part of the game plan and the Falcons know that and they're going to use him as a decoy a lot. So the biggest thing is just they're going to have to find a way to get him going early and often just because he's going to have even a bigger influence if he's able to have some success early on. So I expect them to try to run, a, run the ball a little bit just because that's what Mike Zimmer wants to do. Everyone knows he wants to establish the run, even though that's not always what we like to hear. He's going to want, he's going to, want to get Dalvin Cook going early and often just because that does or it has the potential to open up some things in the play action game, even though we always say the biggest myth in football is establishing the run leads to successful play action. No, it's just being effective with those guys uh, really to set up the play action in order to do that. So I expect Dalvin Cook to be a heavy part of the game plan. And then the game plan really is going to be revolved around him uh, with those play action fakes. And I know this isn't the fantasy football uh, podcast. So, Miles, I hope we're not stepping on your toes with this next question. But uh, I'm going to ask this one to, to Yinka. A lot of the conversation has been around the run game, what Dalvin Cook's going to be. You know, obviously we saw the potential of what this can be when Dalvin broke off that long run in the preseason. Um, but there is a lot of conversation about us wanting to run the ball more, control the tempo of the game, more two tight end sets, more physical up front. Um, should we be worried uh, if you just say drafted a Stefan Diggs or an Adam Thielen in fantasy that their volume could potentially be affected by the shift in philosophy? I could say, I mean, there's there's aspects to say yes, and I think there's aspects to say no. Um, 
because I mean, when we looked at what happened last year with uh, Adam Thielen, I mean, he had eight straight games of a hundred yards or more. Yeah, but that was with the pass heavy. That was with the pass heavy offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, and and it, yeah, I was gonna get to that. And I think what's gonna end up happening is obviously you're gonna see Dalvin Cook be involved a little bit more, so you're gonna see the tight ends involved a little bit more. So, uh, but I think what the potential you'll start to see is maybe less. Um, less targets towards them, and maybe more big play potential. So you might get some of those 40, 50-yard type plays that, that, that do open themselves up down the field. Um, and then with, you know, just having with both wide receivers, I think it's always going to be um, difficult because they're both so good, and you might have one game where one of them is really going off, and then one game the other one is going off. Uh, but I, I do think that, yes, you'll probably lose a little bit more of that, you know, um, consistent efficiency you were getting last year, and I think you'll probably have a little bit more big play potential, um, or even just you know more more targets you know in the end zone as far as um, you know, getting those getting you those six points for for fantasy. Yeah, and Miles, I guess you know from from your experience, uh, what's it like for a wide receiver? I guess maybe shifting from a a more pass heavy type of scheme to one in which they're going to be asked to do maybe a little bit more dirty work, not get the hands on the ball as frequently. Like what is that like from the perspective of wide receivers and and what are the things you're going to be looking at I guess early on in the game to see if uh if those players are able to keep themselves in the flow of things if maybe they're not getting the ball as often as they're accustomed to. Yeah, I mean I I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as some some people think. I I mean the team obviously knows the the best players on the team, the most talented players on offense are Diggs and Thielen. Um, obviously, Cook's a talent, and we know that. Um, we know that they want to run the ball and get him involved a lot. But at the same time, the passing game's still going to work through those guys. I mean, I don't think it's going to change that. Um, I still believe they're going to. Um, to me, with receivers, I'm I'm a big thing, and I'm a big fan of getting your receivers involved early so that you can, because Guys, I mean, these guys, they want the ball, right? They want to be involved. If you're waiting until late in the first quarter, into the second quarter, to really get some of these guys involved, it's hard to keep them bought in. Um, so to me, the whole thing is you, you do it right away. Give them some quick passes. Give them something quick so that they can and, – um, and early so you can get them into a rhythm. And then they're going to be they're, – they're more than likely going to be willing to block a little bit harder, um, do some of the, the dirty things that you um, – you ask a receiver when they're being asked to, to run block and stuff like that. Um, so that's my whole thing is if you're going to be a little bit more of a run-centric offense, get your receivers involved earlier so at least that they, they know that um, they're out there, that they're appreciated because that's just kind of how it goes for these guys. I mean, that's just how they operate. Um, I know that's how when I played and guys I've played with, that's how, that's how things were. Um, but at the same time, I'm really looking to see how they're used, and I believe – um, especially someone like Diggs uh, in this offense, I believe that he might have an opportunity to really get downfield a little bit more often. Even Thielen, I mean, both guys obviously are fast. Um, I expect both guys to kind of um, put a little uptick in their uh, yards per reception because I know uh, Thielen or not Thielen, Diggs has been a little bit down the last last season, especially. So um, this could provide for an opportunity for a little bit more. Uh, um, deeper plays and uh and big plays and that's what they we know that they've they know they were missing last season was a lot of their big plays and I think obviously those two guys are are can do that so I'm I'm really curious to see how that that happens this weekend all right so uh moving things along here JR 
What matchups are, are making you the most nervous when you look at this game on paper um, from the perspective of the Vikings, either offense or defense? What's making you kind of lose sleep about you know this game? Where do you think things maybe could go off the rails for the team if you're looking at looking at it just on paper at this point? I think the biggest one for me is the interior offensive line against their defensive line. Grady Jarrett, we know how explosive he is up the field and just how much of a, a brutal matchup he can be even though they have faced him in years previously uh, and they've had success against him, I think he is a guy that you do have to game plan for. And with this being Garrett Bradbury's first game, he's going to be going against an elite interior defender in Grady Jarrett. So that is definitely one matchup that does give me a lot, a lot of pause. So I will be looking very closely at that matchup just to see how well Bradbury is playing and holding up against Grady Jarrett and then also Deidre Sanat on the interior, who's a who's a decent player uh, that I think that I have a lot of respect for as well. So I definitely will be watching the Falcons interior um, defensive line against the Vikings offensive line. And then, of course, the matchup that everybody is going to be paying the closest closest attention to. We'll see if Julio Jones does play. But Xavier Rose always matches up well with those big body receivers. So he's had a lot of success against Julio in the past. And Mike Zimmer always creates a really good game plan to really take Julio out of the game, but the Falcons are a bit different this year because they haven't had Calvin Ridley in the past, and he adds a whole a totally different dynamic into the equation. And last year, or two years ago, I believe it was, when they played the Falcons, they really made Muhammad Sanu try to beat them, and they were successful with doing that, but they didn't have Calvin Ridley at the time. So just adding him uh, provides another dynamic for Matt Ryan. So I'm really interested to see exactly what defensive game plan Mike Zimmer draws up if Julio Jones does play on Sunday. Yeah, and so you mentioned uh, Grady Jarrett versus uh, our interior offensive line. Uh, knowing that that potentially could be something that would that would be a cause for concern, Jr. If you're the offense, what are some things that maybe we could be we could do or that we could see that what might uh, help us slow down Grady Jarrett as we uh, we get into the game? Well, they're going to have to wear him down, and I know that's really not the Vikings' game, but they have to figure out a way to really stretch the defense horizontally, and that's really kind of playing into their hands, but they just have to kind of play the long game with him and hope he wears down just because he's a guy that's so explosive off the ball, and hopefully Dalvin Cook uh, can break off a big run, and I like to call it kind of like a death by a thousand paper cuts theory. You're really just trying to run, trying to run, trying to run, and then you're hoping that he can break off a long run. It's kind of like what we used to see with Adrian Peterson back in the day where you see a negative two-yard gain, maybe a three-yard gain, and then he just break off one for like 60 or 70 yards. And we saw that in the last preseason game against the Cardinals, I believe it was, where Dalvin Cook broke off the long run. So maybe you incorporate that type of strategy uh, against the Falcons where you're just kind of taking some of your losses here and there in hopes of creating explosive plays for Dalvin Cook. Okay, Prince, same question to you. What what matchup makes you most nervous heading into this game? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, does it have to necessarily be a, a one player on one player? Um, nah, it can be any matchup. It can be a, a, a unit versus another one. Like, just whatever makes you nervous, let us know what it is. I think, I think it's Kirk Cousins versus the uh, uh, Falcon secondary. Um, I, I am worried that uh, I know that uh, obviously um, Cousins has has you know chemistry with Diggs and and, and Thielen and stuff, uh, but up until even until uh, last preseason game, I don't think we've really still established who that uh, consistent third weapon they're going to get get to. 
and I just have a nagging suspicion that guy's going to have to step in and play a little bit more than we, we think that he needs So I'm wondering how he's going to be able to create with, you know, the five talking secondary being able to, I think, do a decent and just taking away you know, some of the two primary weapons. And I'm just, I'm wondering how he's going to. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Inca, you're, you're getting a little choppy on us there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were a little bit more clear there. You were getting a little bit choppy on us there. So, who was it that you were saying this? Like the they they still don't have a third uh, weapon established, and that's making you a little bit nervous. But can you start from that part of the point? Yeah, yeah, they still don't have a third weapon. Yeah, they still don't have the, a third weapon established, and I think that's it's going to play a huge role than we think that it is. Uh, whether it be later in the season or even just in this game, uh, I think Kirk is going to have to try to find that third weapon more so than you know maybe we are all thinking that he's going to. And I'm just curious on how he's going to be able to create because um, we haven't really seen Kirk consistently get to that third option um, when when things break down. You know, maybe within a progression, he he does a really good job getting through all those. But when things break down, how well he does getting to um, getting to into that third weapon. So I, I'm really going to be looking at Kirk Cousins versus the Falcon secondary. All right, Miles, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you bring us back to some more positivity. Because you do it so well. Where do you expect Minnesota to have the biggest advantage in this game? Uh, <laughs> defensively. <laughs> um, no, no, for, um, no, no, for real, the, the front seven. I mean, I, I do. I think um, obviously the, the Falcons have a good center. They have a good left tackle. But after that, there's kind of some question marks. I mean, obviously you have two rookies that are probably going to be starting this week. For them, uh, that's uh, that's got to be worrisome against a, a front seven that has a Daniil Hunter, you know, a, you hope a rejuvenated Everson Griffin, then guys like Anthony Barr and and stuff like that. So um, really, you want to um, that's that's where I see the advantage is um, the Vikings kind of getting after that offensive line and trying to smother uh, smother them and smother Matt Ryan. Uh, that's the that's the biggest one I see, um, which uh, hopefully they can. They can do that. I mean, I believe they can. I think they. Um, we know that the um, penetration up up the middle with the defensive tackles is going to be a little bit different than what we're used to seeing with this uh, this defense the last couple of years. Um, we know Linval. Hopefully, you know now that he's healthy, um, he he'll do his thing. But it's more of a what happens next to him with uh, Linval. Uh, excuse me, Shamar Stefan, uh, and who rotates in after him on passing downs and kind of see how that that approach goes. But otherwise, I, I do believe that like guys like Daniel Hunter should have big games. All right. And uh, JR, bring us home here. Obviously, Yinker brought it up a little bit, but, uh, you know, we can't we can't end the you know start of the season podcast without talking a little bit about Kirk Cousins, letting you, uh, you know, give us the goods on what it is that we should expect, what you're hoping to see from Kirk Cousins in this first game against the Atlanta Falcons. Just be efficient, man. That's all we want to see. And, of course, in drives and touchdowns, and I know that kind of seems like coach speak, but that's really all we want to see from Kirk Cousins. This is a big-time game against a big-time opponent. I respect the Falcons. I think they're one of the more talented teams uh, from top to bottom roster-wise in the NFC. They have a lot of talent, especially on defense, and that's really what their identity really is all about, even though they have a lot of talent on offense. Dan Quinn is their head coach, of course. So they want to have a defense first mentality. And that's really what they have built this thing up as. And 
I mean, this is going to be a tough game, guys. Deion Jones is back. Keanu Neal is back. They're good. They have all their important pieces back. So this might be a rough game on Kirk Cousins as far as, you know, having some success down the field. But I just want to see him really stay on script, uh, be efficient with the offense and know where to go with the ball because I think the Vikings have a huge advantage over the Falcons secondary. I think that's by far their weakest point on defense because their front seven is pretty stout for the most part. But they can take advantage of guys like we talked about earlier, like Isaiah Oliver and DeMonte Casey. I think those are two guys that they definitely are going to target a lot just because I just don't know how much they're going to get out of the running game just because their interior is really stout and they have so much speed at linebacker. So it's going to be really hard to run the ball on them. So they're going to have to have some success through the air. So this is a game where Kirk Cousins needs to step up. And like I said, once again, this is a big time moment for him. And we all know how how worrisome he has been and this isn't necessarily a primetime game but just against a respectable opponent I think this is an opportunity where he can get off get off to a really good start against a respectable opponent all right well JR you're already talking so give me your uh your bold prediction and your score prediction for this game so I'm gonna go 24 17 I think the Vikings are gonna win I think they get off so I want to know start and bold prediction, I'll just say say Mike Hughes gets the interception in his first game back from injury. Oh, oh, I like that. I like that. Miles, bold prediction, score prediction. I'll go score prediction first. Um, I'm going to say 27-23 Vikings. I think it'll be a good game. I think they'll, um, we'll see some decent scoring. Um, but also at the same time, we know Vikings, if they get 21 or more yeah, points, yeah, yeah. right? Second best in the um, league. Shout out to Matt Anderson. Um, <laughs> um, and then the, um, for me, the the bold prediction is going to be uh, the de- the defense has six sacks. Okay. All right. It's going to be Alexander Madison, Ooh. but uh, – I'm not, my bad, my bad. Prince, uh, bold prediction, score prediction. <laughs> It'll be – I can take that one. <laughs> um, I'm going to go a little bit different, fellas. Um, I think this is going to be a, a kind of a rough game for the Vikings. Oh. To the tune of 24-16 to 16 Falcons. Um, I do think that uh, there is a, a score from the defense, but I think the offense is going to struggle in this first game out. So, what was the bold prediction? Is the defense is going to score a touchdown? Def- yeah, defense is going to score. Flip is going to be upset with you, Anchor. Just so you know. Isn't, isn't Flip always Probably. upset with me? Well, I feel like most people are, though. I think most people are. And I'm going to go 24-21. Vikings. And bold prediction. Uh, let's see here. Is Diggs and Thielen both having 100 yards? Is that bold enough? Well, we're just getting started. I'm going to go with them both having 100. They, yeah, they, they cool. both are going to have 100 yards. And that's it. That's all. We... They're going to get 100, 100, yard, 100 uh, yards on four catches between the two of them. So, yeah, yeah just, this is going to be two play action bumps. I'm also dead. I'm also dead that Miles almost said hunted. A hunted. <laughs> and Miles almost, hey. He was, he was so close. It, it came out of his mouth. He's like, you know what? I have work tomorrow. I need to get right back. Yeah, to my leave, leave, leave right? Sleepy Miles alone. <laughs> <laughs> leave, 
keeps leaving miles alone but we made it miles the bet is calling you're almost there last thing uh before we go jr uh what are you working on what's up for you draft network what should we be looking for what's on the pod plug away man um so i have a special announcement coming next week as far as me rebranding my podcast with Blue Wire, I'm actually welcoming a new co-host, so I'm excited to announce who it is. Uh, that'll be up on next Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Also, uh, I'll be releasing a couple FCS names to keep an eye on this week as far as prospects to keep an eye on. So be on the lookout for a lot of stuff that I have coming up here soon. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, Miles, anything... Uh cooking for you fantasy football anything we should be on the lookout for um obviously we did our pod yesterday um uh and then yeah we're we're working on our fan our next fantasy pod i can't give you an exact date but it's hopefully sooner than later okay taxi prince what you been working on man anything we should be on the lookout for uh yeah i'll probably have a, a pretty quick breakdown of the game right after the game, whether that's uh, Sunday or Monday. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can do it, uh, but a pretty fun thing. It's called Boothcast. Um, I did it last season, um, and it's just going to be, you know, talking through the game, getting to comment through the game. People can join, ask questions and stuff. Um, I'm trying to get that all coordinated for this Sunday. If not, it'll be next Sunday. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, as we said earlier, Recorded yesterday with uh, DW from the Falcoholic. Really good pod. Really fun time. A lot of great insight into what was going on with the Falcons this offseason, what they're looking at coming into this game and this matchup. So if you haven't checked that pod out, make sure that you do. And, uh, you know, wanted to, again, say thank you to, uh, to all the listeners as things have rolled along. We continue to grow this thing month over month. We have crept and fought our way back into uh, the top 20 podcast at SB Nation and are slowly making our way up the charts for sports pods and Vikings pods specifically. So thank you to all the listeners who have been sticking with us. Thanks to all the new listeners who have joined us since uh, we came over to uh, Daily Norseman. Yeah, the best is yet to come. So uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Gentlemen, thanks for staying up a little bit later to record this one tonight. And uh, yeah, we will talk to all y'all soon. Have a good one.